Hi everyone and welcome to the fifth episode of the Food and Life podcast. I'm looking forward to today's interview with Chef Jagger Gordon and he just opened up a new pay what you can grocery store in Toronto's Junction neighborhood in the West End and I'm here today and there are fruits and vegetables grains, breads, it really is like a regular grocery store. This chef has accomplished so much in the past four years and I'm really excited to dive into what he's done and what drives him to feed the hungry as well. So let's dive in. I thought for starters it would be great if you could introduce yourself and tell us about what you do. Well, it's a pleasure having you. Thank you. So what I am is a philanthropic chef, a chef that's gone to the more passionate side of his career and is now diverting food from landfills and feeding thousands of people a day with perfectly edible food that normal Canadians would throw away. Okay, so let's talk about this. I researched you online, as we do, and I discovered that you started Feed It Forward in 2014. And do you want to tell us about that? Because you do a lot of things. Maybe we'll start there. 2014, I started a um, program that took commercial freezers and put it on private property to allow eight families per freezer to access uh, perfectly edible food from leftovers from my catering, which was from each freezer I produced about 12,000 meals per year. Um, after about seven freezers, I started running out of time and funding because I was doing everything by myself, thinking that it could be done. But sure enough, it wasn't. So then I started recruiting um, volunteers that was able to bring my passion and dream to a different level. So we started hitting the streets, start feeding people stationary on a weekly basis, like Trinity Bellwoods um, and also uh, Nathan Phelps Square and such. And we noticed the, the demand of perfectly edible food that would is needed. So... From there, I said I had to do something a little stronger and bigger, and I got a brick and mortar. And from the brick and mortar, I opened up at Dundas and Bathurst a shipping container, which became the soup bar, which is a pay-what-you-can, pay-it-forward system, a uh, non-for-profit. So anyone that wanted to acquire an, uh, a nutritionally balanced meal was able to get it on a daily basis seven days a week. Uh, what I thought was more important is how to sustain this business and how to fulfill uh, people's bodies with more of a nutritionally balanced meal. So we had a farm donated to us of 200 acres in Whitby, Ontario. And from there, we had over 220 volunteers registered in my program at that time last year. And we basically harvested over 20,000 pounds, which we brought into the soup bar and allowed people to acquire provisions, organic provisions given to them daily um, with bread, vegetables, and their meals made for them out of a little 500 square foot container or excuse me 100 square foot container wow yeah so we were being able to feed two to three hundred people uh out of this one shipping container daily wow. yeah i did have a commercial kitchen running on the outside of it to prepare the meals but that was where we served them and from there uh we were still on the streets handing out food continuously and i thought that you know things could be a little bigger and better so i after my lease ran out for the shipping container i Saved enough money where I can open up a brick and mortar, which is this place at 3324 Dundas Street West in the junction at Runnymede and Dundas, where it's a pay what you can, pay it for, donate at grocery store, bakery, and coffee shop, where it actually allows people to humbly come in and fill up their basket to whatever they need on an organic products and give back to their families and not worry about where their next meal is coming from. Because I find that a lot of soup kitchens and food banks offer provisions but they're processed 
So my theory in for children and for all is a healthier stomach is a healthier mind. And not one child or family should be going hungry in their own community. Because here in Canada, we have one in seven families that are living with food insecurities. And just in Toronto, mm-hmm. yeah, and just in Toronto alone, we're dealing with one in four children that are struggling with for food daily. So this location itself is just a showcase of how it can be done uh, sustainable because we have zero funding. As a not-for-profit, I have not asked for a penny yet from anyone. I haven't applied for any grants. I haven't asked for any corporations for donations. And we solely are in wish of just people to come in to pay what they can or donate. Uh, and it's happening. It's holding itself. So this store is a, is a perfect model of how we can divert $31 billion worth of annual food that's still edible from the landfills and give it back to people. I mean, we're out daily with our vehicles uh, rescuing food. Uh, one of our providers is Whole Foods at Yorkville. Whole Foods Market gives us between 500 to 1,000 pounds of perfectly edible food a day. And uh, yeah, and this is what supplies this one store. So every day when our stock is at the end of the day, we pack up our trucks and we go to the streets and, and feed people with them. And then we replenish it every morning with the new stock from Whole Foods, Cobbs, Fred's, and, uh, and such matters in farms. We, our farm this year is going to be producing over 40,000 pounds of product. How do you find the labor? Like, are, do people work for you or are they volunteers? So we have 750 volunteers uh, registered in my program now. And this is a matter of over a year and a half that I've started these programs uh, that I've actually registered volunteers. So we're, we've taken a storm, but there's more projects to be launched right now. So, really? yeah. Yeah, so the new project that's being launched next week, or actually in a few days, is feedthefuture.ca, where I take this product that we rescue, and I make nutritionally balanced meals, and I put them in biodegradable containers, and we deliver them to people now, especially at the University of Toronto. The students last year, 40,000 students went hungry at UFT, and so I've been working with them for over a year to make a program called feedthefuture.ca where they can order any meal they want now that I've created online and I can deliver to them at campus for under $5 each. And the $5 that's donated is actually not for the meal that they purchased, but they're actually buying a meal for somebody else. So for every meal that's purchased or donated, I should say, is actually buying someone else a meal that can afford to donate. That's called feedthefuture.ca. Oh my gosh, I'll have to check that out. So you really have a lot of ventures and I'm wondering how you stay on top of it all. I work 18 hours a day, seven days a week, and we are now starting to look for to recruit people that want to get involved because I have more projects that are being launched as we speak today. I mean, starting in two weeks, I've taken over Humber College at uh, 27 and Finch and soon to be the Lakeshore campus where I'm the executive chef where I've turned their facility into a zero waste. So all their byproducts from the culinary school that they have, um, or should I say that we have, I'm using that, utilizing all the product and making up to 2,000 meals on a pay-what-you-can free system. So what it means is my soup bar is now opening up at Humber College at uh, that, the North Campus. We have what's called the Lynx, Lynx Nightclub there, and it's about 3,000 square feet, and it's being actually renovated today as we speak into the soup bar where people, all students now, can acquire a nutritionally balanced meal given to them at a pay-what-you-can or nothing at all. And we're that's incredible. Yeah, we're anticipating about 2,000 students a day. So that starts actually September 29th. So that's going to be a great project to launch. And then the, the main project that I have launching, and that's going to be in a couple of weeks, is my app, my food app. 
where it showcases free food all around the world. So if you had something left over, like a piece of pizza, you can take a picture of it, upload it onto my app, and it can show you the person who is hungry or who wants that piece of pizza, what time and place they can get it, and the ingredients, and how many people can feed. But the great part is, the benchmark of it all is, it has a carbon footprint calculator where it shows how much food you're saving from that local landfill and how many pounds of emissions we're saving from the atmosphere. That sounds so technical. It is, but these are what I've created in the, in the past year, all these projects. I've heard about apps like that. There was one that started in Guelph. It was to connect farmers with food banks, I think. You may have heard of it. There's, um, so Second Harvest was funded $100,000 to create an app uh, that connects people or connects businesses with food. But uh, unfortunately, like I said, our program at Feed It Forward has absolutely no funding. So these are great things to show how it can be done without funding and how people with a creative direction can do it. Yeah, so in just four years, you've been able to build all these different projects. And I'm wondering, like, how did you pay yourself? Everyone asked me that question. At first, a lot of all the business people, the suits will ask me, how do you make money? I'm going, it's not about making money. So I've lived a great full life, a completely full life. And I'm at a point now that I'm just at ease. I'm humbled. As a Buddhist, I find that it's time to give back to my society and to make a change. And I know the way to make a change because I'm writing the book about it right now. So that was one of my questions. So yes, this is the pivoting point of where a change, this paradox, there's a, there's a big change happening and at least I can be part of it. What kind of change? Well, food insecurities is first number one, because without food, people can't move. So I figured that, you know, the, $31 $31 billion worth of food annually that goes to waste that's still edible is the equivalent of putting over 2 million vehicles a year onto the road. That's the emissions alone. So cutting down the emissions, cutting down the food waste, and feeding the bellies that are in need, people living with food insecurities. Yeah, it's well, surprising when you hear all the numbers. It is, but it's the manner, it's it's what we need to keep account for is how much time, effort, and money is put in behind all this. From the seedling that grows into I, Mother Earth, and the respect that we give it growing, that we have that ability. And then from that seedling, that whatever fruits of labor comes from it, and how it gets to the market, and then then how it's destroyed, either through consumption or not. But the thing is, is what we need to keep in relation to is 40% of all food that's manufactured here in Canada is destroyed before it even hits the market. Uh, 38% of that is actually coming from our own home. Right? We, we're so striving and, and loving when we go to work and get our paycheck and we go to that grocery store and fill up our fridges and be proud of what we have. But then after three days, we start seeing things to blemish and wilt. So as a normal consumer who's so spoiled of seeing what's beautiful is now not beautiful, so we discard it. And that's what fills our landfills up, 38% of it. That's surprising. Yeah. So we have to make a more conscious effort of what we're purchasing, like Europe. You know, why would we just not buy what you need for a couple of days? Go back to the grocery store, go to a farmer's market or order online. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can order online from us now. We'll deliver those meals for you in a box of fresh vegetables or in pre-made meals. But the thing is, is, um, you know, we have what's called the Good Samaritan's Law. In 1994, a law was in place that any food that's edible and in good standing can be donated without liability. Everyone's worried about getting sued if they get food away. People need to realize that we have a law that protects us on that, and people are not knowing about it because the insurance companies don't want to expose it. Well, I'm, I'm exposing it. Yeah, I've never heard of that before. That's why I started these programs. That's why I can get away with playing Robin Hood. 
Start. Interesting. And do you find it's easy for the grocery stores that you go to to give you the food that would otherwise be thrown out? There's a lot of grocery stores that are closed-minded. Their company policy is not to give any food away, mm-hmm. as well as restaurants. But I've started a program called Feed It Forward Pledge. Be a food rescue pledge um, holder. And then any restaurant or establishment that decides to take the pledge, I put a sticker on the window to show the audience that comes in there that they are actually recycling the food that's destined to landfills and give it back to people. And are you a proponent of, I don't know how far Canada is along with that, but there was that new, they're trying to do more about food waste. And so they were thinking about providing tax incentives to businesses to donate the waste. Imagine that. So I've started a petition over a year ago on my website at feedafor.ca with over 100,000 signatures already. And Italy and France have made a law where any food that is still edible has to be mandatory donated. And also they give tax incentives. So Canada needs to follow suit. I mean, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. So what I'm suggesting, this is my ultimate goal for the next couple of years, is to get this tabled at Parliament. So we have a law in place that either gives a tax incentive or at least makes it mandatory that any food that's edible has to be donated to a charitable cause. How close do you think we are to that? Because it seems like people are talking about it, but I haven't heard much about it recently. The reason why I haven't heard much about it is because not too many people are doing anything about it. Hence why these programs by Feed for are started. So I have federal MPs that are watching me very closely that are standing by. Once I've showcased up all these 11 projects that I have on the go, and I give them each a year and show them how they're sustainable without funding, there's no excuse for Parliament to say anything because it's been done. Because when I sit in front of the city, when I sit in front of these boardrooms, they're all all these contractors want to hear how much money, how much funding they can get to start programs, our research, and I'm the... I am the actually the pink elephant in the room where I just go, hey, I've already done it without funding. You can all leave the room now. And they literally do. I have a lot of haters out there right now, corporate-wise, because I am showing how it can be done through community. It's That's a, amazing. It's a, it's a socialism way of being able to give back and start making change. And this is the change that's going to happen, at least on, you know, on my shift. That's amazing. And this is Canada's first pay-what-you-can grocery North store. America's first North America's. congratulations on that thanks it's it's that just had to be done i mean the pay what you can uh not-for-profit restaurant it's the first of its kind too i mean there's pay what you can shops and stuff like that but this, for not-for-profit is the first of its kind wow so i also wanted to ask you on your website you write that you prioritize biodegradable packaging local and organic so i wanted to ask you about your thoughts on packaging because as an eater myself when i go out to eat even like you know popular cafes they'll hand me these cups that aren't recyclable and i'm wondering what your thoughts are on how we can change that so the we here at this feed of four grocery store bakery and coffee shop we everything that we get is 100% garbage destined to landfills that's just a hard way of saying it. and it's perfectly beautiful stuff here the funny it smells thing, nice i'm here right now and it does smell really good the, the funniest thing is is everything that leaves the store is either by the consumer or out the back door into our recycling program we have a company called rethink inc solutions where they come pick up our waste and it's segregated into different divisions and it's weighed out and brought to either a digester or to the farm for composting or everything is going to be compost. But where we're at throughout our weights, every month we get a statement of what we're completely recyclable and we are at 91%. So in other words, 100% of this stuff that comes in here was destined to a landfill, no matter what. It wasn't recycled, it was destined. 
So like in the package and everything, it yeah. would just all go, yeah. oh. So what we do is we take the packaging out, we recycle, and we are 91% of that 100% that was going to a landfill. And the only, that 9% of packaging that cannot be recycled is by the manufacturer who decided not to use recyclable packaging. So we are totally against the fact of things that are not recyclable because why would we not spend an extra dime or two on a product that can actually be reusable. So where I'm at is the cups that we use here. Uh, we started off with mason jars and stuff, but these cups are actually were, were hijacked from a transport trailer truck that was going into the landfill. In other words, 20,000 cups, 80,000 bowls and such were gonna be destroyed. So we utilized it instead of it being destroyed by putting it in our warehouse and saying, well, we'll use our product well, at least once or twice, providing it's still recyclable, and uh, rather than just throwing it away. So that's our method of playing the Robin Hood, taking away from the Robin the landfills and giving back to people in need. For other food facilities, would you urge them to just look for recyclable packaging or what would you say? Should they be using real cups or? Well, let's first, let's start with straws. Um, you know, the, the the straws need to be destroyed. There shouldn't be any plastic straws out there. We should be using uh, stainless steel, have your own straw or no straws at all. Uh, yeah, well, it, it's going to be happening. Um, it, it is happening. It's another movement that we're working on. But moving forward on that, I think everyone should take a feet of four pledge and decide to inquire of how they can recycle their products because a lot of people ignorance is a bliss like people don't really know or they think they know but they don't want to do anything about it and it's a time for change to happen and if people are just inquiring of how possibilities could happen then it it's endless like, i mean let's make a difference all together yeah makes sense definitely makes sense what about organic food? You know, it's it's hard to find organic food in restaurants. What advice do you have about getting more organic food into our food system? I think that uh, making it more accessible and keeping the price point as level as possible. That's what's important. Seems to be, yeah. I, I think a lot of people don't buy it because of the price. So I also wanted to ask you, this podcast is meant for people interested in food, which is a lot of people, and entrepreneurs as well. What advice do you have for aspiring entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs? Think big. Never let any possible mishap slow you down. Always go for your goal. Make sure you see the end idea first and tackle it on. The worst thing that could happen is your failure and the best thing can come from it because it only makes you stronger. So no matter how hard you've worked and has, um, as much as you put in is as much as you'll get out. And don't let something stop you. Just keep your vision. And if if you if it doesn't succeed, then you know you did your best, right? But make sure you see the end game of everything. Find a purpose. Don't find a reason. Find a purpose. That was. Uh, let's just backtrack a bit. I wanted to ask you when you became so passionate about food waste. Seeing people hungry, especially children. There's, there's no reason for anyone to be hungry in our own country here. Let me start with one country. Thank you very much for your uh, contributions. <laughs> Did you want to tell us about your book? The book. So Tony Robbins' Apprentice has written several books and is an international bestseller. And he's given me a chapter in one of his books to write my life story. 
Wow. Yeah, so that way, this is going to be published very shortly. And that way, when this comes out, it'll be another international bestseller. Uh, Then my cookbook, which is called Vegan Alchemist, has been uh, written already. And that's going to be offering how to recycle food, how to utilize it in different formats of dietary needs. And it's my world travels because I've traveled over 32 countries. And it's going to showcase each and every place that I've been in development or menu developments and recipes. Uh, That one. And then there's going to be my follow up, which I'll discuss in a different time. Sounds great. Was there anything else that you wanted to share with us today? I mean, I've had a great time chatting with you. It really inspires me how active you've been in the past four or five years. You know, it's just about making a difference together and it's about community. If you have a mindset to make a change for yourself first, then possibilities are endless when you can do it for others. You all have to love yourself first. And that's what I need to everyone understand. You can only start within the core. You know, be humbled with yourself. Know where your place is. Know where you're going to go with it and how you can go with it. And that's one simple way. Love yourself. Once you fall in love with yourself, you can love anyone and everybody. Aw, what a great message to leave this on. Thank you very much. It's been great chatting with you. Have a powerful day. Thanks. And that was my conversation with Chef Jagger Gordon. And what he's done is just truly inspiring. So I hope you enjoyed listening to that. I really enjoyed speaking with him about all that he's accomplished in the past four years. So I'll put his website and links to his social media on my website, marywales.com forward slash episode five. And if you like this episode, please leave me a review. That would be awesome on iTunes. So head on over to iTunes and just share your thoughts. And then also, if you'd like to become a part of the Food and Life community, you can find that on Facebook. So it's a Facebook group, Food and Life. I hope you have a wonderful and inspired day. Mm-hmm.